What is up? Welcome to an uproarious profundity. It is unconventional wisdom for you, my fellow spiritually attuned go-getter. And I am your host, Meg Calvin, pen name and legal name, Meggie Lee Calvin, but friends call me Meg. Feel free to do the same. I am a life writing and marketing coach to my fellow spiritually attuned go-getters, and I'm also a best-selling author, which brings me to today's episode and what I love serving my clients toward, which is three tips to write a best-selling book. Now, you might be thinking these tips are going to be things like honoring a writing routine that you show up daily, weekly, or binge write monthly and you honor it no matter what. Or maybe you're thinking one of the tips is going to be have people who don't know you, who've never been in a conversation with you, read your manuscript to make sure that your hope, that your style comes through, that your words are actually understandable without knowing you. Or you might even be thinking one of the tips is going to be Set a five-minute timer and mind dump your contents page in just five minutes without any analysis paralysis, and then just start writing your first draft from there. Now, those are great tips, like legitly helpful tips, but I'm going to go deeper tonight. Things are going to get a little bit weird, if you will, as I share these three tips with you. So these are three tips to write, not to sell, because that's another episode, three tips to write a best-selling book. Let's get this show on the road. Oh, I should mention, after I share these three tips, I am also going to dive a little bit deeper into the root causes of writer's block, common root causes of writer's block. And I'm going to give you four common causes of that. Kamikaze? Kamikaze? (laughs) Four common causes of that and four tips to break down those walls of writer's block or dig out the roots of writer's block, if you will. Whatever analogy you want to use around writer's block, you'll get four tips of how to break through that. So you're definitely going to want to stay through to the end of this episode. Alrighty, on to three tips for writing a best-selling book. Tip number one, know to whom you are writing. Know to whom you are writing. Who is your ideal reader? Now, while our books will come to us in very much a divine way, an inspired way. We're like, I don't even know who I'm writing to. I don't even know what's coming out of me. You know, we all have those beautiful moments where we are being divinely led to write beautiful words. But the truth is, after that beautiful moment, one of the most effective steps you can take is to get clear on who are are these words meant to go to? Who are they meant to be to? Because your book's not for everyone. It's not. It's not for everyone. So these are some ways you can get clear around who is your ideal reader. One really easy way is to start making a list. Aim for five sentences that describe who your ideal reader is not. This is often much easier for authors to do. Write five sentences describing who your ideal reader is not. And then, you guessed it, right below that, do the opposite. 
And it's going to come so much easier to you to describe who your ideal reader is. You could go into their religion. What religion are they? What are their worldviews? What is their age and stage in life? What are their fears, desires? What are their questions about this topic? Yeah. So an example, an example of one of my clients that I'm currently working on his book with is who's his ideal reader? His ideal reader is a Christian parent who has a teenager that is gay. His ideal reader is someone who is gay that was told their whole life in the church that they are unlovable. And so he's writing this book to boost their confidence around the fact that no matter what the church told them, they are lovable, beyond lovable, just the way that they are. Now, those two descriptions sounds like a much more energizing, passionate read than this is the story of growing up gay in the evangelical church, right? So these tips for writing a best-selling book, they're also going to help you in marketing your book too. So get clear around who you are writing, to whom you are writing, who is your target reader. And this will also help in moments of writer's block when you can't think of what to put on the Google Doc. Just put yourself at the coffee shop with your ideal reader. Give them a name, if you will. Maybe it's Henry or Daphne or Fayana. I don't know. But yes, get crystal clear on who you are writing. And sometimes it might even help to reverse that and think about the result you want to help your readers get because you might know that. Is it is it a healthier mindset around money? Is it healthier self-talk when they look in the mirror at their bodies? Is it healing from divorce? So if that's the result, if you know the result you want to help readers get, work backwards. What kind of person is looking for that result? Yeah. Okay, tip number two. Tip number two for writing a best-selling book. I love this tip so, so much. And this tip is to welcome the weirdness. Welcome the weirdness. Welcoming the weirdness. And what do I mean by that? I mean, these are the moments that we live for as writers, right? When something new and weird that has rarely been done before wants to come through us. And we ask ourselves whether it's about the style, the format, or the content. We check in and we're like, wait, this has never been done before. You don't do it this way. And then in that moment, we own it that we are co-creating something powerful. An example of this would be the artist Pablo Picasso. He had this nudge to start creating something that had never been done before. And he mixed different styles of art. And he, from mixing different styles, created this whole new style called cubism. Cubism. And I can guarantee when that desire first came to him, that inspired idea, he might have thought, but we don't do it this way. This isn't 
impressionistic art. This isn't realist art. This isn't a landscape. This isn't people. This this is obviously it is people, but I want to do it this way. So when I work with authors, I call this the flair. If it has to do with not just the the words, the body of text, if it has to do with the spacing, the margins, the table of contents, the epigraphs at the start, those quotes at the start of each chapter, adding some funky glossary of terms that you use throughout the book, possibly adding a really neat chart that helps with them apply the principles of your book to their life. Another example could be one of my authors that I get to partner with is a drag entertainer. So him titling his contents page, the drag bag for that is where that is the, the costume suitcase that drag entertainers carry to and from their gigs. So him titling his contents page, the drag bag or putting funny jokes in the end notes or the footnotes at the end of each page or asking the reader to pause and go look at something up on YouTube, then come right back to the page. Or what's another example of flair? Oh, having one page have one sentence on it, playing with your margins and spacings for dramatic effect to get the point home like you would in a conversation. Flair, welcoming the weirdness, is highly important for a best-selling book because we are content overloaded all throughout our day. And so when we pick up a book that feels like a holistic experience, that's more than just words on a page, we want more of that author's work in our life. We want more of that author in our life. And most importantly, when you welcome the weirdness, when you add flair to your book, just like Office Space with Jennifer Aniston's character with the flare buttons on her vest. When you welcome the weirdness, you're honoring the divine idea that wants to come through you. And the divine idea of your book would not be living inside of you and bubbling up within you and trying to erupt from you if someone outside of you was not desperately hungry to be served by that idea. So welcome the weirdness. Honor the divine idea within you and welcome the weirdness of your book. If you find yourself asking, well, wait, have we ever done it this way? Has anyone ever done it this way? That's a tall tale. No, not tall tale. <laughs> that's a clear, crystal clear sign that that's the way you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Tip number three to writing a best-selling book. And that is align with the truth of your root cause of writer's block. Align with the truth of your root cause of writer's block. Our imaginations are powerful. Our brains are powerful. And we can, we can deny things and make up stories that aren't true. But the most powerful writers align with the truth of the root cause of their writer's block. Is it a fear of rejection? Is it a fear of being alone? Is it you don't feel smart enough? Is it a time constraint? So now I'm going to share with you four, four? Yeah, four popular causes, root causes of writer's block that I see in the authors that I work with and some tips to, to cut the roots, to go deep, to buy some of that spray at Lowe's where you get rid of the weeds. <laughs> that, I kind of like straight from the analogy there. Okay. 
One, this is not very common, but I've seen it in writers. And that is the real root cause of your writer's block. And I'm sure one, one or more of these will land with you, my friend. So listen closely to see which one lands with you. One root cause is you ha- um, you'd rather make money. And right now, the book doesn't make you money while you're writing it. So you do things that make you money. And the real root cause of that is you have forgotten to have joy in your life. You have forgotten to make that a priority. Your priority is you want to make money. And the truth is this book can make you lots of money. So we need to make book writing fun for you. So how can we do that? When I work with writers, I get clear on their personality type, so I know it, and their learning style. And then I design tips to make them write better and get over writer's block based on their personality type. So this one might not work for everyone depending on your personality type. One way to make writing fun is to play a song that you want your book to sound like to readers and feel like to readers. Dance like crazy to that song before you sit down to write so you get in that joyful headspace. Another way to make writing fun is to use the Otter app where you talk to text and you can upload it to the cloud or copy and paste it to a Google Doc. So it's a more kinesthetic type of writing which is similar to number two. And another root cause for writer's block is that it's it's hard to sit. It's hard to be introspective and still. And sometimes that is exactly what writing is the majority of the time. It is being still. It's being introspective. And so two tips to help with that. If it's hard to be in your head and to be still, get... Get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. So get your heart rate up. If you sit a lot in your day, period, then I would suggest right before you sit down to write to do something that gets your heart rate up and your adrenaline pumping, whether that's exercising or, again, dancing, do something of that nature. Another thing to do is use Headspace or the app Insight Timer that gets you comfortable inside that beautiful brain of yours. Practice meditating three to five times a day. Oh, goodness gracious, that's a typo. (laughs) Three to five minutes a day. And slowly get in the habit of being comfortable, being at home in yourself, being at home in that beautiful, very beautiful brain of yours. A third writer's root cause of writer's block that I see is, this is a really popular one and a big one, and that is fear of being rejected by someone that you love. Fear of your book coming out and then pissing off someone that you love and they reject you. And when they reject you, you are alone. I'm pausing because this was a huge humongous cause of my writer's block on both of my books that I've written. So my tips to help you if you're like me and you resonate with this root cause of writer's block, check in with yourself. Ask yourself, while I love this person that I'm afraid I will I will be rejected by because they won't like the content of my book, check in and ask yourself, are they your target audience? Chances are they're not. Check in again. Is it worth it? 
is it worth it that you're going to sacrifice serving your target audience by trying to impress or appease this person? Chances are, if you're listening to this episode, it's not worth it to you because you have a kick-ass, awesome idea that really needs to be in the world to serve others. Lastly, if you do not feel that a conversation is needed with this person, letting them know that you do not, you love them unconditionally and also this book's not for you and that you hope you can still be in a relationship together, there might be a time for a conversation like that. There was in my life. There might not be a need for a conversation and you just get to journal a letter to them that you never send. Tip num- or real writer's block cause. Who wrote these notes? The real root cause of writer's block number four, a type of writer's block, could be that you don't feel smart enough. That you don't feel smart enough to write this book. Yeah, this is a this is a big one. This is really common in writers. I don't feel smart enough to write this book. This is a this is a common one in writers that you really want to read, you know, because the narcissistic people out there, they're not thinking this. And usually they're not relatable and they're not, they're not, they're not living from the type of energy and frequency that you want in your life anyway. If you're asking yourself this, give yourself a pat on the back for being emotionally healthy. <laughs> But don't stay there, right? Don't stay thinking, oh my gosh, I will be smart enough to write this book on offering mindfulness exercises to kids in after-school programs once I have a doctoral degree in neuroscience. No. (laughs) No. Don't stay there. Because the truth is, you are a trusted guide on the subject matter that you want to write about. You've been in the trenches of experience. You have failed many times. You've done the work to better yourself, to polish your skills. You have a heart for serving others, a frequency of authenticity. And again, because the idea presented itself to you and you're not a narcissist, (laughs) that idea is only there for two reasons, to bring you joy in creating it And equally as important, it's there because someone outside of you has desperately been waiting for you to create it so it would serve them. Yeah. So this idea that you're not smart enough, it points to something very woo-woo and very true. And that is this idea of the universal law of being. The universal law of being states that the universe will give to you exactly that which you are at your core. So if you're walking around with this belief of self that you are not enough, not smart enough, or that you have this success equation like I used to carry, like I can't write a book about mindfulness exercises for kids at troubled homes and after school programs until I have my doctoral degree in neuroscience. I am creating from a place of lack. And that success equation that I'm carrying around, it is most likely always going to change. Some compare this to chasing a carrot. 
that there's always, I'm always going to be making up a new success equation. I'm always going to be creating from a place of lack, living from a place of lack, instead of showing up from a place of, I am enough. I have enough wisdom in me to serve right now. I've been in the trenches of this work for years. I know how to get positive results. I know my target readers' fears, desires. I know enough to show up powerfully now. Will I know more five years from now? Oh, hell yes. I'm going to know more one year from now. But right now, I know enough to create this beautiful book that wants to come through me. And I am smart enough to create it. Does that mean that I'm never going to make mistakes? No. That's the human experience, right? The contrasts of getting it right and getting it wrong. And what is it, what, is, what even is right and what even is wrong? We won't go down that bunny trail. That was a long-winded tip around getting over the root cause of writer's block, which might be for you, you don't feel smart enough. Now, as I shared, you'll notice in these tips that I did not go into how to sell a best-selling book how to market a best-selling book. Because <laughs> it can't be a best-selling book if you're not marketing it, right? And to all my author friends out there who believe that their writing abilities are good enough to speak for themselves, that they don't need to market it, you are sadly mistaken, my friend. That might have been the truth 50 years ago, but now we need to break through the noise of content overload And I go about doing that with organic social media marketing. And that's what I help my clients do as well. So if you're listening to this and you have a book on your heart that you want to serve others with, a book idea on your heart, I I don't know why I said that with an accent, on your heart, get it off your heart. If you have a book idea on your heart, I would love to invite you to join me over at my Facebook group. The Prosperous Writer, The Prosperous Writer, where I help you to write, market, and sell your book. Join that group. I go live every week there. There's also, click on the video tab. There are a, There is a plethora, a plethora of teaching videos that you could tap into all this free wisdom around writing, marketing, and selling your book. I am so excited that I got to be with you, and I am so excited for your readers because I have a feeling that something that was shared here today is going to catalyze and comfort you toward birthing that book and serving others with it. So I will see you next Thursday with author and podcaster, Mr. Derek Day. You're going to love it. We're going to talk about mysticism and how religion can be the devil. (laughs) What? I love this guy. It's going to be so much fun. So be sure to subscribe to this episode so you know when that drops. I'll be with you next Thursday, hanging out there in your little earbuds. Adios, muchacha.